Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. I want to thank you again this week for joining us on the program and for tuning in every week. Uh, thank you so much again also for your very kind and generous letters and cards and calls and Facebook hits. Uh, you've truly encouraged us to continue with this teaching while we have had some negative response. We've had very, very good positive response from many of you who have been looking for an alternative uh, to a lot of the last days uh, type thinking. Once again, we really are not trying to fight anyone else, but simply to uh, give you what we believe God said to us, and then you have the uh, human prerogative to eat the grapes and spit out the seeds. Uh, we've been teaching for now probably over a year on the book of Revelation. It's very difficult to do that when you only have uh, one slot per week to teach this. Uh, but those of you who have followed us uh, have uh, stayed with the line of thought that we've had. Let me say to you, if you're new to tuning in or you'd like to go back and refresh, uh, you know, some of the things that uh, we have shared to date, you can go back on our YouTube page. And uh, when you go back on our YouTube page, uh, and the best way to probably do that is simply go to our website, and our website is on the uh, screen there, and you can actually go on there, and it'll take you straight to our YouTube page, and go back and watch the programs that we have archived. We also encourage you, you are more than welcome to use these in your uh, Wednesday night Bible studies or your uh, uh, cell group uh, uh, classes where you're having meeting in homes and whatever uh, to pull this down from YouTube and watch it, have discussions about it. People have asked us about doing that and we're very, uh, we're very open to you doing that. Also, you can go to our iTunes and get the audio, listen to the, uh, the iPod uh, or the, the iTunes uh, 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 version of the audio files of this and listen to them while you are in your car commuting. It's a great way to redeem uh, the time. And uh, so uh, it is available on so many levels to be able to go back and review them. I have taught so much of this that I kind of forget some of the things I've already taught. So uh, we may touch some things by way of review. And I'm, of course, uh, believe that it certainly does not hurt to refresh your memory uh, as we begin to look at these things. We've been talking about the book of Revelation. We're coming to a brand new year, but we've, uh, like I said, we've probably done almost a year's worth of programs, probably 50 to 60 of them. And uh, we are just now getting to the book of Revelation chapter 7, and that's where we're going to uh, probably begin today and uh, begin to open some things. I'm going to try to move more rapidly because I really would like to kind of wrap this uh, uh, teaching on Revelation up, yet I want to do it with justice and fairness and equity. And once again, uh, you know, you, you, you may say, well, I'm listening to the program. I don't agree with what you're teaching on this particular subject. Let me just ask you to be patient and kind enough with us uh, to not forsake us over everything we teach just because of our views of eschatology. We've said so many times in the program that without a doubt eschatology or the study of last things is probably one of the most divisive subjects on the planet and we really do not want to teach them to stir up a fight. We simply want to give people who are looking for a hope and a future an alternative view of these things. Uh, one of the letters that I appreciated that I received recently was uh, you know, asking us if 
if a lot of the things that you have taught is already fulfilled, then, uh, uh, you know, what hope do we have for the future? And, uh, you know, uh, 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 if God is completely finished and done, then uh, how, how the condition of the world uh, and, and, and what it's in, uh, how, how does that leave them? What about... Uh, you know, the millennial reign of Christ. A lot of legitimate questions are answered that we will continue uh, to unlock, I believe, and unfold as we uh, begin to look at the Word of God. But to me, let me just say with clarity, because it made me concerned uh, that maybe we're not making this as clear as we need to, that what I believe we're presenting presents a great hope. Because the hope that's in my heart is that as we wake up uh, people to the truths that many of the things that we thought was in our future, namely the Great Tribulation, uh, namely uh, uh, the persecutions of Matthew 24, and all the catastrophes that are spoken of in the Olivet Discourse of Matthew 24 and throughout the book of Revelation, in most cases, what we, I believe, have legitimately showed you historically and grammatically and chronologically uh, were fulfilled in Israel's economy uh, from a period of time from 30 AD to 70 AD and the destruction of the temple and in the removing of the old covenant economy. Uh, if you don't understand that the last days the biblical last days. And once again, let me reiterate, the Bible does not talk about the end of time. It talks about the appointed time of the end. And the appointed time of the end was not the end of a global situation. Everywhere you see the word world used, we're talking about uh, what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the world. It's not the end of a global situation. It was the end of an age. And the age that it was the end of was the law. I believe it is vitally important that we grasp that if we're going to understand the eschatology of grace and begin to understand why we can preach that God is no longer angry and that wrath is not in our future because God has not appointed us to wrath. It is my hope and I believe one of the things that we are declaring and teaching and we'll get clearer as we go on is that uh, God is not going to leave the world in the condition it's in. I believe that, that God's position towards it is never to leave it uh, to digress, but to raise up a people who are the salt and the light in the earth, that God would cause His people to begin to arise and shine for their light has come. And that uh, one of the purposes, one of the passions of my heart in even sharing this, because we have shared this at great risk to our ministry, because it does not make us the most popular person on the block by teaching what we're preaching. But I'm in love with truth more than I'm in love with popularity or selling books or any other kind of a thing. Uh, I want to see God wake in a church that will understand the dominion mandate and will understand the great commission that says go into all the world and preach the gospel of the kingdom. Because, you know, as we shared in one of our recent Christmas programs, Isaiah the prophet declares, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. His name shall be called the Wonderful, the Counselor, the Mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father. And it goes on to say, And of the increase of His government and peace, there will be no end. And while we believe that the catastrophes that are prophetically declared by Jesus in Matthew 24, that Jesus Himself set a time text for when He declared all of those prophecies. 
He declares in verse 34, Truly, truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass until everything I told you comes to pass. Uh, when Revelation would declare, these things must shortly come to pass. Behold, I come quickly. You will not have finished going through the cities of Jerusalem till the Son of Man be come. There are some of you standing here that will not taste of death till you see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. Uh, all those are time texts that limit it, and even the book of Revelation, uh, uh, they which pierce me will look upon me. All the tribes of the land will mourn. Uh, you know, uh, these things are at hand. Don't seal up the vision or the prophecy of this book because the time is at hand. It was all imminent upon that generation. And the reason I'm passionate about this is because I believe if we don't understand these kinds of things, we will not understand that the purpose and the goal, I believe, of the church is that God would use the church in the ages to come that God would make known by the church under principalities and powers the manifold wisdom of God. So we're not telling you that God is going to leave the earth in the condition that's in. What we're saying is God is raising up a victorious church. He's raising up a people who are what I call believers, who He gave authority over unclean spirits and to tread on serpents and over all sickness and disease. God never took that back. And for those who would you know, think that as we're teaching that much of this stuff is fulfilled uh, theologically and historically in 70 AD, uh, we are not cessationists in the point that we don't believe that the gifts of the Spirit ended in 70 AD. We believe that when Jesus was demonstrating the power and He gave the power to His disciples, that He gave us a, what I like to call a set of power tools. And those power tools were not limited to that particular age. They were, they were literally tasting, listen to this closely, they were tasting of the powers of the age to come. So the age that was passing was the Old Covenant age, and the New Covenant age that was coming on the, uh, the scene, the Messianic Kingdom of Christ that was coming on the scene, that would be part of, uh, a, uh, uh, of a, uh, a kingdom being established in the earth God using His people to help establish that kingdom and reign in the earth because the Scripture tells us that because of the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, we reign in life. See, this grace that's being released in the earth is not just so uh, you can get richer for another five, six, seven years and then uh, we come into a great tribulation where we lose all of it and, and, uh, and some of these things. What God has done is given us this abundance of grace because He wants to establish a kingdom of priests in the earth that will rule and reign with Him with the authority of the believer, I so appreciate. You know, even the faith movement that taught the authority of the believer and the dominion aspect of this. And But what we've done is we've so limited the authority of the believer to, uh, you know, uh, authority that just is over uh, things until something really big hits. But what I believe that God is, is, is causing there to be an awakening of through what we're sharing is that there's an emerging church that's beginning to realize we are the salt of the world. We are the light of the world. If there's darkness out there, let me say to you, God is not interested in abandoning it. He's interested in taking the bushel off of your candlestick and equipping a church with strategies that will literally turn nations of the earth around, that will change cultures. We believe that, you know, the scripture tells us that, uh, you know, that the kingdom of God is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of meal. So if you think 
think we're saying, uh, you know, that God has abandoned this thing. It's just going to get worse and worse. That's not what we're saying at all. What we're saying is that uh, of the increase of his government and peace, there'll be no end. What we're saying is that the kingdom of God is like leaven. It is on the increase. You say, well, why are we in the condition that we are in, Brother Howes? And I, uh, you know, in the world, we're very aware that there are some very real problems that are going on in the planet. And to which we reply that it is the kingdom of God and the gospel that is the answer to those problems. I, I don't think it's an accident. I think I said this recently in one of the programs. But I don't think it's an accident. Everybody gets to be some, so, uh, so, so sin conscious and so focused on the sin and how bad it is. And, and we, you know, we, what we do is we are geared towards our paradigm because we think it has to get worse and worse rather than get better and better. And I, I really be, believe that it depends on what we believe in our generation, whether it will get better in our generation or get worse. And so you say, well, Brother House, why is there uh, seeming to be an increase of sin and some of that stuff on the horizon? And so we could put our emphasis on how bad the sin is. And, and yet I could quote you statistics that would be opposite of that, that would say that there's more people on the planet per capita than there's ever been that are believers. Uh, that there are more people being born again today than there's ever been in human history. That through the medium even of television and the power of cameras as they reach around the world, the gospel is being preached in places where it was never preached or declared before through the power of the internet, and through the power of printed page and all the things that, uh, you know, I, I'd like you to just think, what do you think the world would be like without the influence of the church or without the influence of the Holy Spirit uh, in the earth? And what do you think would happen if we would wake up to realize that it's not our plight as a church to evacuate and turn this planet over to the devil and his crowd, but it is God's purpose to see a people arise and awaken. And, you know, as Daniel the prophet prophesied, and he said that uh, the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom, that they would take away the dominion of the beast and all of these other things, and that, that uh, the rock that was cut out of the mountain and Daniel chapter 2 would become a great mountain and fill the whole earth. And that the prophetic word of the Lord that is, that, that is so powerful, that as truly as I live, saith God, all the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. That, that, that God is continually intending upon His kingdom advancing, His kingdom increasing, His government and peace. There will be no end that the leaven of the kingdom will expand until it infects our, I believe, our schools, our entertainment, our political systems, our educational systems, our monetary systems. See, what will bring peace on earth and goodwill towards men is going to be the gospel of the kingdom and a gospel that touches lives and turns the light on in the midst of darkness. You say, well, Brother House, once again, it does seem like that sin is on the advance, to which I reply, no wonder God would release such a powerful climate of grace, such a powerful word of grace that's coming forth over the television airways. Because, see, grace, when it is preached right, and yes, there is some stuff out there muddy in the waters. And, uh, you know, the enemy always has some kind of, an, uh, of, a, of a, uh, a counterfeit to try to muddy the waters to get people to completely get distracted from the truth of the gospel of grace. But the true gospel of grace does not give a man a license to sin. The scripture said where sin abounds, that's where grace will superabound. 
I don't believe it's an accident that in our day God has raised up powerful men of God. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know I, I, I trust they wouldn't be upset if I said some of their names, but powerful men of God like Joseph Prince, powerful men of God like Creflo Dollar, uh, and, and others. There are others that are out there preaching, our ministry included, that have literally seen the gospel of grace expand on an exponential level. And you say, well, why is that? Because God wants to turn things around. See, we're coming into a new year, but I declare to you, if we could waken out of our sleep and our slumber, I believe God could turn some things around because I believe with everything that's in me, yes, we are in one of the greatest, I believe, uh, gospel revolutions, one of the greatest reformations of human history, and uh, that many are at the forefront leading that, uh, that, uh, that uh, move of God, but that God's focus and our prophetic word, especially for this year, is not one of demise and, and downgrade, but, a, 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 but a, a trumpet sounding of an awakening to say, if it's getting worse, maybe you're the answer to it. Jesus, when he gave the Great Commission, told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel of the kingdom, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. He told us to make disciples of nations. He told us we need to change cultures. I believe that some of the demise of the, what we've seen as a great, seemingly a, a, a falling away from uh, some of these things that I believe has released a lot of what we see as the present uh, increase of sin and iniquity and liberalism and all the things that have, have swept the earth has been because a couple hundred years ago, just a couple hundred years ago, and you can look at some of the stuff even in Encyclopedia Britannica, when the dispensational premillennial uh, view was released. And if you go back and study historically, the, the, the view of dispensational premillennial rapture theory is only a couple hundred years old. It is the newest view of eschatology of any of the views. Three out of four of the first early fathers embraced a fulfilled theology that believed a lot of their end time stuff happened between 30 AD and 70 AD. But in, uh, during the time of Martin Luther, now think about this, during the time of Luther, who was leading the Great Reformation, bringing the church back. See, I believe we're still part of that Great Reformation. And if we could just see where we're, we're at in history, we'd get excited about where we're at. But when Luther stood up and nailed that 90-some point thesis to the door of the Catholic Church, and he began to declare that the just will live by faith, and uh, the gospel of grace began to be preached again. A great reformation began to take place that began to affect culture. It affected economies. It affected arts. It affected music. I mean, during that period of time, it, it infected marriage. I mean, one of the things that Luther declared is that, that you can glorify God, not just by being a priest or a monk in a monastery, but you can glorify God by being a good husband or a good wife and raising your kids for the purpose of the kingdom. And when Luther married, uh, the, you know, he was a, a priest and the woman he married was a nun, they, 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 they thought it was such an abomination that they thought out of that union that Luther and this nun would give birth to the Antichrist. How absurd that is. Uh, you know, but what it, they did do was once again give marriage 
a reason and a purpose. In other words, that people begin to realize that even though I'm not a priest or a monk or a nun, uh, that if I have a, if I'm a good husband, I'm a good wife, if I raise my children and the things of God, it gives uh, my life meaning in the context of faith so that uh, these things that are part of my regular everyday life are kingdom things. But out of that, they begin to realize that during this Reformation, this time of a gospel revolution, when grace was being released, that all of a sudden uh, that uh, they begin to realize that you could paint things that were not just religious paintings. And all the great paintings begin to come. Music that was more than just a um, stuff for uh, the, the services in the church began to release great uh, artists of music and, and uh, uh, industry began to be birthed. Columbus, driven by a post-millennial view, began to reach out to discover a new world to see God's kingdom established. The great institutions of education were founded around religious principles and godly principles. And because we begin to move away from a kingdom understanding, uh, a priest by the name of Francisco Ribera, under the pressure of the Pope, because they were teaching at that time that the Pope was Antichrist and the Catholic Church was Babylon, of which we disagree. We believe that uh, uh, we, we, we we don't believe that at all. We believe that the uh, the beast of Revelation is Rome. We believe that Nero was the man of sin, or we believe that Nero was uh, the beast, and uh, that his mark was the number of Nero that he gave to uh, the Jews that they could not buy or sell without this mark in, in the marketplaces. Uh, we'll talk about some of that as we get in the future. But they begin to teach that the Pope was Antichrist. So under the pressure of this Reformation. The Pope said to the Jesuit school, you've got to come up with a futuristic scheme of interpretation uh, that will take the heat off the Catholic Church. And so they came up with the premillennial rapture theory that was embraced by Schofield, Larkin, Darby became famous. A woman by the name of Margaret McDowell had a vision and, uh, and, uh, and uh, one of the great evangelists began to get a hold of that. And this message began to permeate society. And from the time it began to permeate society and we begin to to lose our dominion thinking. See, it does matter what you believe about end times because either you believe it's going to get worse and we're going to evacuate and the devil's going to win, or you believe that God's raising up a people and we can turn this thing around with a kingdom and dominion a theology and a, a, a authority of the believer. We believe we're going to win. And, uh, you know, I, I believe, I, and that's what I believe. I believe we're going to win. And I believe that what happened was as, as we began to move away from uh, this understanding that God wanted to progress, the kingdom was to increase and the kingdom was to invade everything, that it would become organic. It would invade politics. Our great nation was founded upon principles of godly things. And I believe God wants to restore that. But when we begin to digress from that view of thinking, our schools that were once Christian became liberal. We begin to lose our kids. We begin to lose our culture. We begin to degrade in political things. We begin to degrade in the arts and entertainment. We begin to degrade in a whole lot of things. But I'm telling you, I believe there's a move of God that is on the horizon, a great people. That God is raising up. I know I haven't even got into the scriptures yet, but I just wanted to kind of address uh, some thoughts that I felt like would help you understand a little bit where we're coming from. But I believe we're in a great turnaround. I believe we can be in a great turnaround. I believe it depends on what we embrace and what the church does with this. 
We could either get an escape mentality, put our head in the sand and say, well, it's got to get worse and it's got to get worse. And then we rejoice when things fall apart and say, see, I told you so. But I tell you, sometimes I think we're so arrogant because we think simply because we are having some of these things appear in our newspaper that uh, there are brand new things and boy, these are the signs that the end is near. That's not biblical hermeneutics. Because there's something of these things that we read about in the scriptures that's going on in some country somewhere all the time. And what we must realize is that even uh, the things that the scripture was teaching was relevant to the audience he was talking to. And that audience was an apostate Israel who were about to reject and miss their Messiah and to miss uh, him offering the kingdom to them. And it was about to be taken from them and given to a nation bringing forth the fruit thereof. What are you saying, Dr. House? I know I've, I've received a lot of criticism sometimes, and you know, people have said to me, well, uh, I, had, I read, read an article that somebody wrote about me one time uh, not long ago, and it said, oh, this guy talking about me actually believes the gospel will work. And I think the guy thought he was insulting me, but the truth of it was, I said, he, he read my material. That is what I believe. I believe the gospel will work. The guy said this, and he said it in a derogatory way. This guy actually believes that God can raise up a church that can turn things around. To which I reply, that is what I believe. I believe God can do that. I think there's others out there hearing me today, and you're hearing this maybe for the first time, and you're thinking, you know, that's in my spirit, but I don't know how to fit it with eschatology. We're going to show you how, and you can go back and even and listen to stuff that's already led up to this. Because it's not my word, it's God's word. Of the increase of His government and peace, there will be no end. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. We just sang some of those great songs. Let earth receive her king. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. He was born a king. He is presently reigning. He is still using his people in the earth because uh, that's the vehicle in the earth to make known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. And so I believe that God wants to raise up in, in men and women of God and the people of God strategies and uh, how to take entire cities. We have friends that God is raising up in the entertainment business that are doing things in the entertainment business to turn things around. We've got songwriters that are friends of ours. We've got actors and entertainers. We've got people in all kinds of media. And with the power even of the internet, I believe we are in a great day of Reformation. I'm glad to be part of something like this. So we do believe there's a hope. We believe there's a greater hope than demise. We believe there's a greater hope than coming catastrophe. We believe that there's a great, great Reformation and restoration that is on the horizon and a great harvest that's coming. We're about to run out of time. We want to thank you for joining us. If you believe in what we're saying, and many of you have written to us, let me say to you, please get behind what we're doing. We need more than just sometimes encouraging words. We really need some partners to partner with us to help us to continue to expand what we're doing with the gospel of the kingdom. We feel like sometimes we're swimming against the tide with what we're declaring. But if you believe in this, don't sit on the couch and say, let somebody else to do it. Get behind us today. Call that number on the screen or go to our website. God bless you for joining in. For anyone struggling to understand John's writings in Revelation, this book provides true, biblically-based answers. Through detailed insights into the letters John wrote to the seven churches of his day, you will learn how to avoid the mistakes of the early church to overcome today's trials and tribulations. This book will provoke you to thought and dialogue, bringing greater clarity and revelation of Jesus Christ.